Hi, everybody. This is Matthew Grace from the Founders of Nations podcast, and this is part of our Conversations with Azerbaijani series. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Haji Mamadov about Azerbaijan. So, hi, Haji. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Good, good to Getting hear. used to this house. Yep. Uh, so tell us a little about yourself, Haji. Do you, where are you from? What do you do? For, whatever you want to tell us. Yep. Um, so I was born in Azerbaijan. Uh, I was, I moved to United States when I was 14. Uh, I moved to Indiana, lived in uh, Columbus, Indiana first, uh, then moved to close to suburbs of Chicago, Valparaiso, Indiana. It was still Indiana, but it's considered as suburbs of Chicago. Um, then I did my bachelor's in mechanical engineering at Purdue. That's around the time when my family moved to Chicago. Uh, so I do consider my home in the United States to be like Indiana slash Chicago. Okay, um, gotcha. Then I, I, after I graduated, I worked for a, a Japanese company out of Indianapolis for five years. And then I got a job in Boston. Uh, and then I moved here about a year ago. So, okay. yep. That's nice. Nice. Okay. Story about me. So, so I guess moving here at 14, you have some pretty vivid memories still of Azerbaijan. I mean, Absolutely. you definitely grew up there, right? Absolutely. I go back every year. I still have most of my family there. Um, so every time I go there, there's like a, there's a wedding, there's like <laughs> someone's getting engaged. So it's, there's always a party in Azerbaijan. So <laughs> Good. There's always reason to go back. <laughs> Excellent. So as far as history goes, would you say that you're like a person that likes history or you just kind of don't care about it? Or where do you fall on that? No, I, I do care about history. Anytime there's a talk about like the, if there's a gathering, I'll always be the one that talks about history. I do like great deal of research, especially around the Caucasus region and like around our area, like the history of the Turkish nations and especially like how Turks like moved from the east to the west and like how they settled like a thousand years ago, thousands of years ago. So like I am specifically like what happened in the Caucasus because Caucasus is like a very diverse area. There are so many different things going on. So I am, I would say I'm not like an expert, but I do know a great deal of it like great. from just reading. Yeah, no, that's great. I actually, I do... I, I teach a class. I'm, I'm an online teacher for my job. And one of my classes I teach is actually the rise of the Ottoman Empire. Okay, and cool. The whole first week of that is is all about how the Turks got from the plains yep. all the way down into Anatolia. So, yep, yep. It's a very, it's crazy, like, story how, like, literally Turks came, like, with the Seljuks mainly. And then, like, and then once the Seljuks dispersed, divided, like, then the, the Ottomans kind of like, it was like different kind of like, well, they called Beylik right? Sultanates, like, uh -huh. and then one of them was the Ottoman and the Ottoman became the, the strongest one. So then they just started like, kind of like retaking what Seljuks had in Anatolia mm -hmm. and like conquering even more, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I ended up teaching that class. I, I actually didn't know a lot about them uh, about five years ago, but I started to learn more about them. Yeah. Because I, I really like to study the Mediterranean area. Okay. So the Romans, the Greeks, the Egyptians, and then it's been the Ottomans lately because I, yeah. I just haven't learned a lot about them. And they are really one of the bigger and longer lasting empires in the Mediterranean. Yeah. So. It's probably one of the 
in the modern history, it's like it lasts about 600, 650 years. Huh? So it's one of the longest, if not the longest, if I'm not mistaken in that. Um, it might be there might be some empires that lasted like like the Roman Empire. They say like it is the longest, but like Roman had the West and the East. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, bro. how you talk to. If you talk to my ex that who was Italian, they would say that like Roman Empire was the greatest. <laughs> and, <they got> it. <laughs> and if you talk to Turkish people, they're gonna say the Ottoman Empire. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, good, good. So you you like history a lot. Yeah. All right, great. So what, what got you into history? Was it just something you liked growing up or was it something your family liked? Or So historical conversation, I would say, has been always part of the like talks, but I think like I am more, um, I think I got more, I've always been in the, I was always curious about history, but I think I actually learned about Azerbaijani history after I like moved out of Azerbaijan because I, I basically like when I left Azerbaijan, like I left that around like what happened in the BCs, you know, like it didn't touch because like the history lessons in Azerbaijan, you go like the Bronze Age, like like the Iron Age and the Bronze Age and all that. Like I was over, over there, like it didn't come to like <laughs> what happened in the year 1000, what happened in the year like when like didn't talk about the Seljuks. Like I was so I left around there like and then I've read more about Azerbaijan history actually after I moved out of Azerbaijan because the main reason was that at first I didn't know and I second is like I think like there was part of me had a like a I would say like a little bit of identity crisis I think like a lot of Azerbaijanis might feel that like because we we are so mixed in terms of why like we're ethnically Turk but we also lived with Persians a lot. Like basically majority of our history was part of the uh, Persians with the Persians. And then we also had um, Arabs come through and then they built their own, like, uh, like I would say their, uh, um, yeah, they had like a couple of like, not like kingdoms within Azerbaijan. Like one of the most famous one actually lasted the longest is the Shirvan Shahs. So the capital of Shirvan Shahs is Baku essentially it was uh so Baku and then the capital of like Baku if you go there there's an old city and you can see all of what Shirvan Shahs have like it's like when people come in they go through they go to see Shirvan what Shirvan Shah like the old city and that's where like Shirvan Shah lives and that was initially Arab tribe but then because it was mainly Persian area and then they got became Persianized and later they got conquered by Turkish tribes, and then they later became Tur like Turks, Turks, Turkey, Turkified. I would say. So like, I, like I would say like like I have made a post is like, what is Azerbaijan is like now is it is we are mainly Turks, but like we also like have so many different like ethnic groups. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean that sounds sort of similar to America in terms of different ethnic groups, not as far as history goes, of course, we've got a real young history, but definitely yeah. we have lots of different ethnic groups here, like you have there. Yeah, definitely. Good, okay. So when you think of the word founder of, of uh, Azerbaijan, is there any anybody who kind of sticks out to you in terms of 
culture or the nation or just, or yeah. are there many people? How, yeah. how do you think about that? Yeah, um, I think we, when people talk about founder of nation, they talk about Namadam and Rasul Zada. Um, he, he, in every place, he is considered as the founder of the nation. Um, not, not because he, like in, in Ottomans, they had Ataturk, right? Ataturk was more the general from Ottoman Empire. And then when the Ottoman Empire fell, to the British and the French and the Greeks, like uh, like Ataturk basically was a general, and like he like basically kicked them out and like built Turkey. With Azerbaijan, what it was it was a lot of political game. Like they did so much diplomacy. Like they literally created a country in the midst of like it came out of nowhere. It surprised a lot of people. Is that like the the main like thing was that the, the the basics of the the founders of the Azerbaijan was like the Islamic nations of Caucasus should be able to live freely and independently. Uh, like so, Turkish it was like Turkish Turkish it was Turks it, and the the main founder was like the based on. Uh, Islamic, Turkish, and like modern, like they, that based on those two things, like we want, they want decided that a Caucasus region, uh, like the Russian empire was not given enough attention to the uh, Muslim like population of the Russian empire. So they just wanted, they would say like, hey, like you guys are totally ignoring us, not giving us schools, not giving, letting us speak in our own language. So like, they decided that they they're gonna unite and they're gonna like create a, their own country. So um, yeah, when it comes to I would say Mamadam Rasulzada, but it wasn't just Mamadam and Rasulzada. There was like other funds of nation that did as much work. Um, but on paper, it's Mamadam and Rasulzada. Gotcha. And now, would you say that p- part of what I'm looking for in in my podcast is a person who who, when someone listens to the episode, if they wanted to go to Azerbaijan and they wanted to maybe mention this person, you know, they would pretty much be met with universal, like, like, oh yeah, that's a great guy in our country. Um, yeah, is, yeah. Is he like that in your country? Pretty much yeah. universally people yeah. like him? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the one that who seeded the, he put planted the seeds that um, Muslim and like Turkish tribes of uh, like the Caucasus should unite and like should be one country and they should be independent from Russia. And he seeded that idea and like it kind of spread and immediately. So like Mamadam and Rizuzada is that, but I think like, even though he was the one who wrote a lot and like published a lot of things, there were other people that did as much work might not be as popular on books, but like they did like Topchubashov, uh Nagabay, and then like uh Fatrehan Khoisky. So they also did amazing work, but on the books it's Mamadam and Rasulza, no doubt. Like gotcha. He was the okay. founder. Yeah, and you'd say those other people who you're talking about, maybe you know about them and people who like history know about them, but maybe the normal Azerbaijani person may not know much about them. Yeah. They might not just know the name, but they, they won't know what they did each of each, what, what, what each one of them did. Gotcha. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, and so that is pretty much the answer I've gotten in a few of my other interviews with Azerbaijanis is he seems like a, a pretty overwhelming uh, yeah. Point, yeah. point for that. So as far as you know, what, what are some stories that you heard growing up about this guy? Uh, about, is, is it Rasul Zadi? How do you say it? Yeah, Rasul Zadi. Okay, I'll just call him Mr. R. I don't want to make yeah. you. <laughs> um, I so growing up, I so let me tell you a couple of stories about like how history is taught in Azerbaijan. So when when Soviet Union took over Azerbaijan ADR, where Azerbaijan Democratic Republic, they kind of brushed aside what happened between 1918 to 1920, like. It was briefly mentioned about what happened. Like it created a kind of built story based on after the Bolsheviks took over Azerbaijan. They didn't want to touch upon that. And then once the after like Soviet Union broke up, when Azerbaijan regained its independence, like parts of the history books were still based on what Bolshe like what Soviet Union wrote and like we touched up upon like Rasuzade. Like, I think like a lot of Azerbaijanis don't know how much work they did during that time. And I like, I one of my goal is to like, like put word how much our ancestors like hundred years ago, like how much work they put in, how much they fought, how much diplomacy they did to preserve Azerbaijan, like the Democratic Republic and like, create a country in the Caucasus that had not been there before. Um, so I read a book about Raksuzada like in my books, uh, there was a, one book, his interaction with Stalin. So him and Stalin were in prison around the same time and they also became friends and basically what happened was from what I read about the book and then I made a post about this, he was such an idealistic guy. Like there's like, he was such an idealist guy. Like he'd never backed down what he thought like, Oh, like Soviet union, like the Soviet ideology was that they wanted to kind of Russify caucuses. And like, they didn't, they didn't feel like the Russia, Azerbaijan should be its own independent country. This guy is like, like stood up against Stalin every way of the, every, like every argument. And um, yeah, he's like, there's like him, there's a book, like his interactions, like how they're going from like, so when the Soviet Union like took over Azerbaijan, like um, there's a train ride, basically the people that who were part of the uh, ADR, the public, they got, most of them got arrested some of them got killed and some of them fled because they knew that once the Bolsheviks took over, the national, like ADR was built on like more of the Democratic Republic, but Bolsheviks like more of like, more of the ethnic country based on ethnics. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like based more of than like nationalistic, uh, um, I would say like, uh, one of the things was that like that it was a Turkic country, you know? So like, but Soviet, Soviets didn't see that. There's in Soviets, there's like no ethnicity. We're all the same people, like let's live together, right? 
So it was against their values. So yeah. And then it, it was just it was just that like the entire like the point entire like ride. So when the Soviet took over, um Rasuzadeh got captured, basically. He couldn't so he he got captured, he put in the prison, and then like uh Stalin was like, Hey, you rescued me from prison. Now I owe you. He kind of takes him out of the prison and then says, Hey, come to Moscow, come to Moscow, become part of the Soviet Union. Like, hey, like you can work for a university in the Soviet Union. And he was like, No, like I was the like the founder of like our ideals are completely different. I can never work for you. Like, so like he 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 like I will give you one example. Like this guy was like he had so much ideals. He's like, there was one point like he wanted, Stalin wanted him to be a translator for some guests from coming from Persia or something. And he was like, and then he's like, if I'm going to be a translator, I want to be invited to the events and what's happening. Like I need to be part of it. And then there's part like, basically like they send Rasuzada to the train station. And it's like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not just like a, I'm not gonna just be a, like, just working for you, you know, like, I, so he was a very idealistic guy. And like, basically, he's after two, like, a couple of years living in Moscow, after he was basically exiled from Azerbaijan, he was like, there's no way I can live under Soviet Union, like, either it's not safe. So he just like, says goodbye. And then he just like, exiles to escapes to Finland, and then from Finland to Central um, to Turkey. And then from there, he just starts writing to Azerbaijani people saying that, hey, he tells people that, like, he basically starts reporting from Turkey because he feels now he is safe and starts writing about, like, founding of Azerbaijan, why it was founded, like, how, like, Soviet Union doesn't fit our, like, our, like, ideals you know like it doesn't fit our culture and all that so he and all he spends all of his life from like time that soviet union takes over to until like i believe he dies in 1957 something like that he just lives for azerbaijan even though he can't visit azerbaijan you know like yeah he just that's the guy just writes books about Caucasus, writes about the history of azerbaijan writes about his uh, interaction with Stalin. He just like lives and breathes Azerbaijan. And that's pretty much what happened to all the Azerbaijans that were exiled during that time. I see. Yeah. Gotcha. What do you think you'd say, if, if you were going to try to like kind of sum up his contribution to, to Azerbaijan in, you know, like a, a few sentences, if you were to just take everything together, what do you think is the most important thing? I guess you'd say his writings. But yeah. maybe what, what which of his writings do you think was the most important? For first, like the declare like declaration of independence was like uh, so the nineteen. What happened was um, the declaration of independence was like granted rights to every person based on gender. No, like based on like it was Azerbaijan was one of the first like countries to give uh, women the right to vote. Um, so like the, the first was the Declaration of Independence and like second was the diplomacy that he uh, 
kind of like drove like basically during that time in 1918 to 1920. So what happened was um, there's the British, there's the Armenians, there's the Soviets, there's the Russians, and there's like the Ottomans. So in the midst of all that, he he's able to create the boundaries of Azerbaijan and he sends the diplomats to Paris peace conference in 1918 and in 1918 he sends delegates to Paris and that's when the first time Azerbaijan like gets recognized internationally during the Woodrow Wilson he like he sends delegates there says hey look there's possible that Azerbaijan might not last, but we need to get this on the books that people know that this country existed. And when we go into, if the Soviet recaptures us, at least we will go in there as a republic instead of just being part of like part of uh, Soviet, uh, part of the Russian empire. So like if, the, the, if we weren't recognized in the Paris Peace Conference, we would be potentially like Dagestan or Chechenistan, like we would have been just another like uh, region of Russia, but he was able to go like send delegates uh, to Paris, com- Paris conference and they like all the nations um, recognize Azerbaijan, de facto recognize Azerbaijan and that changed the whole course of what happens to Azerbaijan moving forward. And then it was, when it got inducted to the Soviet Union, it was the first or the second country. It got inducted as a as a one its own in the, like Azerbaijan SSR. Um, when like one thing that I will say about what separates Azerbaijan than like other countries in like Turks other countries in the East, like that was part of Soviet Union, Azerbaijan created its own borders. You know what I'm saying? Like the right, like the Russians and like they didn't divide, like they didn't say, hey, this is Azerbaijan, this is Armenia, this is like Georgia. Like Azerbaijan, like through diplomacy, through fighting, through wars, it created its own borders. And that's like really proud things, like because like a lot of the countries that exist today is that like the big empires like that broke said, hey, like now this is gonna be this country, this is gonna be this country, not I'll put one. No, that's not that's not the story. Azerbaijan created its own country, like out of nothing. Saying that, hey, like Muslim Turkish nations of Caucasus should have its own country and should be able to determine their own fate. For sure. Yeah, that's a, that, and and I think that's probably a really big deal because I know a lot of those countries, you know, in the Middle East, they got carved out of areas and made into their own country. It's just yeah, mess now because they they just don't get along. They yeah, don't get along. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, that's those are some really big. I I didn't know that about a about it. Be, you know, becoming a republic just before it entered the USSR. That is a huge deal. Yeah, and yeah. like another thing that happened like during that time, like imagine within the two year period they accomplished so much. Like, um. Like I, I'm so proud of because like what happened was during so, like during the Russian Tsar, right? Like the Muslims the were not 
they weren't like they weren't given opportunity to serve in the army. They weren't given opportunity like they they weren't well educated. Like they, none of them, not a lot of them were educated. Like like Russians didn't put a lot of resources into Caucasus, especially like the Azerbaijanis and other uh, ethnically Muslim like ethnic groups. So there's a lesbians, Talish. So like when the Caucasus Muslims like rose up, they're like, hey, like you've kept us uneducated for so long. Like it's enough is enough. Like, and then obviously there were a lot of educated people too. And the founders of the nations were like the one of the most educated people. A lot of them studied abroad, either in Russia or Paris or like, and when they came back after studying, they then they started like creating first, for example, like um, magazines, satirical magazines, like making fun of the, like on education, the nation and like started like kind of like telling people that, hey, look, the Russian, like Russians have kept us uneducated. Look, let's, let's move ourselves out of there. Like let's unite. So and that, what, that's kind of like how Azerbaijan was founded. So how long, how long had Azerbaijan been a part of, of the Russian empire? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, so about hundred. So, so Azerbaijan, the Caucasus were part of most of the time was part of the was very related to uh, Gajars, which is was the the they in the history books it goes as a Persian. It was Persian Empire, but it was ruled by the ethnic Turks. So, um, Persia has pretty much ruled by since the Seljuks has been run by mainly Turkic tribes, even though they were per, officially, they were Persian on the books, but they were Persian, Persian uh, uh, Turkic tribes. So in 1828, the Persian Gajars, which is Persian Empire, they go in the war with Russians. Uh, when that happens, Russia wins and the Caucasus region falls above the Aras River falls under the Russians. So actually right now there is more Azerbaijanis living in Iran below the south of the Aras River than live on the Azerbaijan Republic. So there's about 30, about 20 to 30 million people, Azerbaijanis live in Iran right now. And then about 10 million live in Azerbaijan. So the Russian Azerbaijanis were able to declare themselves independent but Iranian Azerbaijanis, there's still a struggle for the independence, you know, like, um, so I would say that like, yeah, so that was, that is the kind of like a, even though we speak the same language, we speak, we have the same religion, we have so many traditions together, it's just for 200 years, 200 years we've had separate like history. Us being with the Russians, we had more, have more Russian words, more Russian like um, influence. Then yeah. staying with the Persians and the Iranians, they have more of the second language being the Persian and they have more Persian influence. So, but we, there's always a dream that one day all Azerbaijanis will unite. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't, you know, I, I hear about different, you know, like the Kurds Kind of being separated across many different countries and trying to unite there. I haven't really heard much about the Azerbaijanis in Iran. It, 
Is that something that's actively kind of being pushed? Is there, or is it more kind of a a piece uh, of push there? No, no, no. So uh, Azerbaijanis in Iran are the biggest ethnic group. <laughs> it is Iran's biggest threat. Like okay. they can always, they always could use Azer. They like, you know, they say like the ethnic divides. Like it's Azerbaijani. Like during the war, like Armenian war, right? Like you would think that Iran, who is same religion as Azerbaijan, have had so much history together and like would support Azerbaijan, right? Like you would think that. No, they, they supported Armenia. And the reason for that is that they don't want powerful Azerbaijan because it's a threat to them because it could rise up, rise the Azerbaijani population in Iran. So the cities of Tabriz, cities of uh, Ardabil, uh, Urmia, these are all like all Azerbaijani towns, basically. Mm. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I was not aware. Yeah, so they didn't want like strong Azerbaijan because strong Azerbaijan means that like during the war, actually, like the recent war, you could see that Azerbaijanis, the, so the, the, what, the river divides us essentially. You could see on the border from the Iranian side, like the Azerbaijanis in the Iran were like cheering for us as our soldiers passing through the river, liberating these towns as they've been acquired by the Armenians. And like people, you can say, they're like, hey, look at our army is going through. Like they feel as passionate as like about us, like as we feel about them. It's like, we feel like they have, we've been independent. They have not been so like, Yep. Yep. Wow. And so because Azerbaijan is such a young nation, I mean, it's not, it's not like Korea where you have these two Koreas that were united for thousands of years and then have just recently been kind of separated. It's Azerbaijani people have kind of been united, but always as a part of another empire. And now it's just recently that this Azerbaijani nation has, has begun and the peoples in Iran just, are still in that in that country yeah. right now. So Azerbaijan is so the <clears throat> the history of Azerbaijan is basically like you have this region of like Persian Empire that has had is like they speak Turkish, right? Like my theory is that at one point Persians that Persians or other like lived there Turkified and also Turkish tribes came through like two things happen. I, this is my theory is that like first Turks came through, they Turkified the like per Persians living there, Persians and you know, different ethnic groups living there, but they also like uh, moved there too. Like it, it was mixed and they moved there. So there's a misconception that Azerbaijan is living in Azerbaijan. That if you look at their ancestors, they come through like the Mongolia or like that. That is like, that is not very, that's not true. Like if you look at my, like I did a genetic pool, like my genetic pool is like hundred percent, like basically in this region. Like I did it, like it was like per some Persia, some Eastern uh, Turkey. And like, there was like 1% or something like that came from like Asia or something like that. But like, we've always been here. It's just that we've mixed, we've mixed. And also we have like got influenced and there've been, yeah, there have been a couple of like strictly Turkish 
like empires. So there have been like Akkoyunle, Karagoyunle, Eldegis. Um, so there, and those also have had an influence in the terrification of their area. Gotcha. And those empires you're talking about were in Azerbaijan's area or they were in Iran? So, um, so Eldegis, El, so Algoyunlu, Karagoyunlu, so some, they said so their capitals, um, I believe Algoyunlu was Tabriz, which is Azerbaijani population in Tabriz. Tabriz is Azerbaijani populated, right? So the, the capital was mainly uh, Tabriz. And then Karakoyunlu, I, uh, I can't, I think they started in Ganja, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they've also been in Tabriz. Tabriz has been like capital of many of the Turkish empires, uh, different kingdoms. Um, and then like Nakhchivan was the capital of Eldegis. So each of these like, like empires lasted about 100, 150 years until the Safavids came. Safavids came, maybe you know if you studied Ottoman Empire, Safavids and Ottomans fought each other in around 1517. So that during that time, Eastern Turkey was part of Safavids and they were Turkish tribes as well. But on the books, it goes as a Persian tribe because like to be able to rule all those people to Persian was the main writing system, reading system. So they, they from the official books, it was always Persian, but ruling family was always Turkish, uh, ethnically Turks. So they, since like Iran had not been like current Iran was never under one empire. I believe since like, since the, since Saljuks came. So like, even before that, like Safavids were the first time they like united the Iran plateau and like they ruled for like about until like 700, like 200, 300 years. Um, so yeah, like, and then like, so during that time when Turkic families lived around, lived and ruled the Iran plateau, they kind of like, sent their family members to Azerbaijan, different parts of Azerbaijan, and like had rulers there, like each region had their own, like kind of like principle there, yeah. feudal so, lord, uh, and they created khanates. Okay, yeah, like the Mongols. Yeah, khanates. So the, what happened with Azerbaijan is unification of eight khanates. Okay. So eight khanates that were united together became current Azerbaijan, Republic of Azerbaijan. Okay. Few of the Khanates that were in Tabriz, Ardabil stayed in within the Iran and they became just part of Iranian Gajars and like Iranian empire. Mm -hmm. So, but the Northern part of North of Araz, eight Khanates united and became one country. Gotcha, okay. And a Khanate, well, I mean, I know like a Khanate a long, long ago with the, with the Mongols, that would have been like a nation. But were these Khanates more like principalities, more like a Beylik? Yeah, exactly. Principality, like Beylik, like kind of like a, I sent you there, like, or you've been there, now you're like, you're my guy there, essentially. Like, but they they had a lot of independence. They were like, they ruled their region, essentially. 
they had their own flags and whatnot. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, great, great. All right, so then um, what kind of feelings come up in you whenever you think about uh, Mr. R? We'll get back to him again. What, right. How does it make you feel? How do you, how do you think normal Azerbaijani people feel whenever they think about him? Um, what he, like, what, one of the things that we think about Mamadam and Rasulzada is like, I, we want to go back to those days in a way is like, he created a country where, like, from the dust, he created a country, but he also had very idealistic, like, viewpoints. Like, we, we wish that, like, our country now was like 1918 in terms of like the ideals, you know, like every, like first education, second is like woman, man, like all are all equal, like um, very progressive. Um, he was very ideal, you know, like ideal, he had ideal view. I, he was very like, a, kind of a, right? huh? Very idealistic. Yeah, very idealistic. Like, we, we, we take a very a lot of pride in being able to grant women for like we call ourselves the first we are the first democratic country in Muslim democratic country in the east essentially um, there so like we take a lot of pride in that like this guy was like it was maybe it was a very tribal community his Khanate he said hey like we speak the same language we pray the same guy like we need to be united. Otherwise, we are going to be always ruled by Russians. So um, when I, so first that is that is like how much, how democratic our country was back then, like how he instilled that in us. And to this day, we, is not there yet. Like we, we, we have a long way in terms of uh, like democracy goes, like, Azerbaijan has a long way to go. Like it's a process. Um, like I, I do believe that one day we'll get to that level where, like, um, yeah, like our education. It, it created first university, like in in the it was one of the first universities in the Caucasus. Like it was Tbilisi. Like and then the, imagine like muslims that who were not educated that all of a sudden we created a university in 1919 baku state university where my mom went to um open schools started educating women like imagine like how much from where to where like where like russians totally ignored us like within that two years we comp those guys were able to accomplish so much mamadam and rasulzada was able to accomplish and his team was able to accomplish so much so like yeah i mean when we think about that, we think that like how democratic the country was back then. Like that is, that is what we think about him. Gotcha. All right. So then the last question here is uh, how, how do you think he's affected? Do you think he's had a big effect on the culture today? I, I know the nation wise, but the culture, does he affect it you think, or maybe not so much? Um, in terms of the culture, um, I think like the, the principles of that Caucasus, ethnic Caucasus, like people that who live in the Caucasus should be ruled by themselves. That it was, that, that his, his idea viewpoints has that instilled on us. Like 
we never wanna we never felt like we we belong with the Russians. We always felt like uh, we should rule ourselves, but like also rule ourselves united. Like before it might have been one Azerbaijan divided into eight different Khanates. No, like we should rule to, like we should be together. And another thing that was instilled in us is that like like Azerbaijan was always pro like democracy pro west like you know like gotcha. that was yeah. also instilled in us uh -huh. so so that was the that's a, another big thing that like we that ideals is living with us to this day and so I know you talked about self-rule do you think that 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 twist towards democracy in the West? I know democracy obviously continues on, but do you think the pro-Western ideals, do they continue on after being a part of the USSR for that amount of time or how does that happen? Great question. Um, obviously there is part of Azerbaijanis that are, have like pro-Russian tendencies. Like you can't ignore like 300 years of like being together. Like you don't like, um, but our values more aligns with the with the West than they ideal with the with the Russians. Um, but it's it, if you look at pretty much all post-Soviet Union countries, there's there is still like a post like Russian leaning ruler. And once you're uh, once you're more pro like West, like Georgia. Then that's what happened with Abkhazia and then Ossetia, like boom, Russia came, boom. Like, so it's a lot of diplomacy right now going in Azerbaijan. We have to keep the Russians happy while still moving towards the West. But like, you can't just break your leg with the Russians and say like, bye-bye Russia, we're going there. Russia always wants to have the post-Soviet Russia under control. Kind of similar with every previous uh, uh, call, like a colonizer essentially. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That makes sense. So would you say nowadays, as far as normal people go, I mean, would you say that it's mostly the older people who live during the USSR age who are more pro-Russia and the younger people are yeah, pro-West? And then pro that, that group is also very like specific people that have Russia tendencies is because if, the Russian language is still taught in Azerbaijan as a second language uh, alongside as English. So like, like I would say like people that who are more, who are, who tend to be, who's like, like historically people that who have been more educated, they've known Russian and Russian has been either their main language speaking at home or they went to Russian school. So like they, they do tend to have Russian influence, but by no, no means that we want to be uh, under Russians, like they just have yeah. Russian time. Like we watch the Russian shows, we have like had like shared foods and same traditions. Like we've shared a lot of like like shared um, customs, you know. Um, so you can't just like ignore three hundreds of years of like history together, you know. Like, um, but yeah, like we just know that. Uh, like I don't want to be right anything with Putin running the Russia is like, like it's just it's just not easy to just get out of, like and say bye bye Putin like 
<laughs> like we nobody knows how to deal with Putin. Like not not no. even America knows how to deal with Putin. You know? No, no, yeah, yeah. No. All right, good, good. Yeah. Well, that, that is the extent of my questions for this. Do, is there anything else you think of you'd like to talk about with Azerbaijan or something uh, people know about? I guess like what I would know. I would want to say to, I think like a lot of Azerbaijanis don't know the struggle that our founders went through uh, during the founding of the country. Because in the history books is always talked about like Russian history, like the Soviets and all that. Like my parents don't know about what happened in 1918, 1920 because they weren't taught in school, right? They didn't know much about it. And their parents don't know much about it either unless you went outside yourself and start reading what the founders, a lot of the founders that left the country started writing books about what happened during that time and the struggle that it took us to get there. And I wish Azerbaijanis would know how much our founders, how much work they did, how much they fought. Like when the Soviet, when the Bolsheviks came, we didn't just say, hey, come through, we fought. Like, even though we're small, like we fought, like so many people lost their lives when the Bolsheviks came, when even they captured, like they captured Baku, there was a huge like uprising in Ganja, like where we, like the ex-army people from the Republic, like started arming themselves, getting people on the ground and started fighting Bolsheviks. They kicked them out and then, then Bolsheviks gathered more arms, more people, and then put down the uprising after 10 days. Like we didn't like, we we fought so much like to, to the borders that we have now it wasn't given to us like we created the borders we through diplomacy and through blood like fighting and that's like what i want to like tell people that like it wasn't given to us like we earned this like we have this nation let's keep this like it, we, azerbaijan should never be any part of even though we're Turkic nations. We shouldn't be part of Turkey. And we are part, like, we have history with uh, Russians. We shouldn't be part of Tur uh, Russians. And we have history with Iranians. We should never be, we should be independent always because that's what our founders like had idea. So that is, that is what I want to say is that like we struggled and let's keep that struggle going. Like let's preserve that. Same thing in the United States, like people fought here for that and then like we want to preserve that for sure for sure great yep. all right well thank you so much for coming and talking to me today thank you i hope i was able to answer some of your questions in the detail that you wanted or if not like no I mean, i'm very passionate so it might be very lengthy in my answers no no that's great that's great i the, the more i get from these the better the better my episode is going to be all because, right awesome. um yeah so cool, cool. thank you so uh, much for interviewing me i had a pleasure talking to you no problem. Have a good one. All right, bye.